0: And we're live uh, for with Barobium for the Massive. No, that's never the intro that's appropriate. <laughs> I know that you usually intro and I was like, maybe I'll, I just want to, I want to feel it out. But anyway, it, it didn't, I'm going to work on it. I got to work. It's a work in progress.
1: So I want to start with, hey, Adam, how are you? How's your weekend? Uh, um, my weekend was fantastic. I, uh, Alex, this is the rare <laughs> stretch of about, what, 15 days where we're only calendarically <laughs> nine years apart.
0: That's true. That is true. You've, uh, for those of you uh, wondering, Adams just turned the big three zero on the weekend. You know, um, did you instantly feel like
1: people respected you slightly more, like I said, or no? Do you, have you got that yet? I mean, be only in in the in the sense that I like uh, I went through like a formal retirement, like I retired from my twenties, right, and now yeah. I'm officially in my 30s uh only in that regard do i feel like oh people are going to respect me more now now i'm like now i'm in debt because that's what you're supposed to be as an adult that's right (laughs) so i always view my 20s as like
0: i could make egregious mistakes and people were just like oh you're just a kid but then once you get in your 30s, if you just like gamble away all of your money, people are going to be like, man, you're an adult. You can't do stuff like that. Like they hold it against you. So you're, you know, I, just, I feel like there's a level of respect that comes with being 30 plus, but then also the condemnation of literally any mistake at, at sort of the adult level. You don't even get to get away with anything anymore. So it's kind of a weird, weird feeling to be to be 30 plus.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I feel like yeah. I, I won't be able to pull any pranks anymore. I mean, I never pulled pranks before today. I'm not really a big prankster. Not really a Clooney, if uh, if you get my meaning. But, <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, now I definitely feel like I can't or should You can, but they'll have to involve a lot of money, though, now. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, you can't just do a dumb prank that's like a fart sound when someone sits or... Um, uh, you know, they walk into a room and a bucket of water falls from the door frame on top of them. Like, you can't do those ones anymore because yeah. then you have to pay for the water damage on the floor. So yeah. you just yeah. have to you have to pull pranks that are, like, elaborate and expensive now that you're older. So the way it goes. It's a rule, man. Look it up. I didn't make up the rules. Adulthood is so expensive. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alex, what well, look, are I've, we discussing today? I We have a lot to talk about, I think. Um, I mean, I don't know if you watched the... Um, uh, Vladimir Zelensky talking to the Canadian Parliament today. Um, I, uh, I have not. How did he do? Oh, he. You know, I thought I thought he did well, and he got a standing ovation from the Senate, which which he should, I guess. Um, he pushed the narrative that not the narrative. He pushed the idea that uh, Ukraine needs a no fly zone, and he asked Canada essentially to declare one, help help him declare one. And I don't know if people fully understand like what that even means. And I thought that this would be a good, something good for us to talk about. Um, I did see that the conservatives took this as a time to talk about how uh, right to his face, like you're such a strong leader in a time of great unrest and we we value such a, such strength in leadership. And it's like, sit down, man. Like you're clearly just trying to shit on Justin Trudeau. Like it just it was kind of like you knew it was gonna happen, but when it happened, it was still just as gross when uh, the interim leader did it. I forget her name right now, but um anyway, no fly
1: zone. Did, did they even buy him dinner first before they started complimenting uh, yeah, him? Or not yet, like I'm
0: sure he's got some type of uh somebody who uh, lobbies it at Congress or the Senate is already taken them out for a tomahawk steak with a gold leaf on it.
1: Something, something crazy like that. Yeah. As you do.
0: Um, but anyway, yeah.
1: No fly zones. Now you'll have to forgive my, my international military theory, but wouldn't that be a de facto action of, of war or an incitement yeah, it, to war?
0: Okay. So that's perfect because I just saw a CNN poll where they said they polled American citizens like they did, like it was an Ipsos poll that said, do you support a no-fly zone over Ukraine? And like 70% of people said, yep, absolutely. And they said, well, you know that if... um, if we declare a no-fly zone, then we actually have to enforce it. So that means anybody who goes into the area, we have to send jets over there to blow them out of the sky, which would be like an act of war. Immediately, it dropped to thirty percent. I mean, still a concerning number that thirty percent of Americans were like, "Yeah, let's let's get in a let's get in a nuclear war with Russia." But but it still it dropped by half immediately when people were like, "Oh, that's what a no-fly zone means," and I don't think people know that. I think that people think it just means saying. No one can fly in this area.
1: See that from from
0: A to B and C to D, the four corners of the square. You can't fly in here, and everybody goes, "Oh, damn it! I wish I could fly." I know I can't fly in there now, right? And I can just see. I can, I, I mean, it's a it's it's a call to war, essentially. To your point, um, I, to my my brain goes to this very sick place where it's like a Russian jet with no one on it, like a passenger plane. They fly it into the no fly zone, and then. Act like it's a military plane, have the U.S. or Ukraine or Britain shoot it down and then claim they murdered Russians. Like, I mean, like you can just map all the craziness that would happen in this sort of situation to Putin's advantage. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, th- I thought that was a, a PSA for everyone about no fly zones. And I thought that was something we should really get out.
1: Well, I, I think this this kind of reminds me of the whole thing. Like, wow, like they should really make murder illegal. Like, it's happening way too often. <laughs> like and then there's like no consideration for enforcement, systemic issues causing right. murders. Is just like no, they're like murder's bad. Like that's we should make that illegal. That like, that's bad. It's totally bad. Yeah. And then it's just like yeah, there should totally be a no fly zone because like they shouldn't be flying in in their airspace. <laughs> and they're like cool. And what like do you know how the dynamics of airspace are, you know, at least conducted and, and managed by international bodies? And to, to my knowledge, I don't even know it. So I'm like, do do you or do, yeah, do you just think a no fly zone is this geometric shape in which and they do <laughs> they <cannot laughs> yeah. fly into? And then they're <laughs> like, hey, don't do that. It's a
0: no-fly zone. It's actually a cube, or uh, it's a it's a it lives in three dimensions. A (laughs) three-dimensional object uh, goes up and out and down. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, It's I think it's more of the Facebook. Uh, war uh, generals, Facebook generals. I, again, I think I made this point in an earlier podcast. It's like, well, once they were they're international poly es- policy experts. Now, earlier they were constitutional scholars. Like, you know, so I think this is some of that. But I, I do think the people should really realize that. Like, do do we do, do we think like would I want Canada to get involved, um, like sending jets over fighter jets to Ukraine and, and and doing this? Like, does that open Canada
1: up to whatever whatever the consequences are? It, I think it does. It 100% I mean yeah. to think that it would not open us up to any semblance of consequences would be be naive or trumpian. Um yeah, right? The, yeah. And the and the idea that oh like we should just enforce these things. I again, it it completely um completely negates any consideration for the intricacies of diplomacy. Like the diplomacy is one of diplomats in in a, in wartime, are like the most effective people to have at the table. No one else knows what's going on because they just have no context for the, the stress yeah. and the heat of those of those conversations. In in one language, one language, let alone like four, and really, yeah, this is where I would say, yeah, I am, I am dangerously undereducated in this matter to make well, do you
0: really think that there can be a diplomatic solution to this like is this w- what about the way putin ha- operates leads us to believe that more talks are going to equal a ceasefire in ukraine like i i i don't know what those look like i feel like i'm 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 probably stupid to this like i'm totally ignorant to this but all i see is a, a bully who keeps telling the teacher, he's not going to hit that kid in the schoolyard anymore. And the minute she's not looking, he just does it again. And no amount of like, you know, parent teacher conferences are really going to stop this. I don't, I just don't think, yeah, I, I don't see it. Oh, that's, uh, good, but that's something though for trying. I'm not saying we should yeah. try,
1: but. but. But that's where, um, like, the parent teacher conferences are in classic game theory, the things you want to keep having. So that other environmental factors or other uh, other correlating factors kick in true. to instigate against the bully. So that it was true, never true, the true. teacher that had to yeah. make the call or never the parents that had to make the call. It just due to um, ramping, uh, ramping uh, collateral damage, third or fourth parties acted. And then it started to unravel. The bully, you know, punched the wrong kid that day. And then they, you know, they, they sucker punched him in the hallway. And sure, sure. Back. Things of that nature, or like you know, a, <laughs> yeah. you know, like a, a coup occurs, or like you know, the Russian people are so fed up of not being able to buy anything with anything but Ruski crypto, whatever their <laughs> cryptocurrency is these days. Um, they they're just now fed up, and they actually just. Well, you, I'm sure you saw
0: that lady on the news that got behind the anchor with the sign like no war. And, you know, this this news organization is uh, is lying to you. Did you see that? I did not. But OK, honor. so yeah, I think it was yesterday. Sentence. Last. So immediately, that's what I thought. So uh, one of the anchors is on uh, News One, which is the Russia t- Russian news uh, or station one, whatever they call it. And a woman comes up behind her with this big sign that's on air live and sa- says no war. And then in, in Russian, the Cyrillic alphabet, I obviously don't read it. It said something like, you know, Putin's lying and this, this station is give is sent giving you life, feeding you lies. And then she was promptly, no one could find her for the next 24 hours, which I mean, all of us, you know, you do the calculus in your mind. Uh, even her lawyer apparently couldn't get a hold of her. Well, she just turned up yesterday and she says she was fined 375, you know, American dollars by Russia. And, um, uh, given a warning, which is totally outside of what you, I, I mean, this was a, this was a minimum 10 year sentence. So what do we make of this? Because like every Russia's now I think they have somewhere around 6,500 detainees or something like that. Something crazy. People who are protesting as the government. Why not this woman? I mean, this is, this is an obvious, this, she was live to let's assume millions of Russians. It, let's even say a hundred thousand Russians. That's a lot of people,
1: and she only gets a fine. Like, what's going on there? Doesn't that seem a bit strange. I I do not I do not <sighs> discount how strange that is. Do I? Do I? Do I expect more elements of subterfuge are at play? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, totally. Because of I guess, and maybe you're just like ah, oh, I guess. You know, the tactic might be, oh, we can only silence, in you know, black, black bag, like 7,000, maybe 8,000 people publicly before the masses start to think we are a tyrannical regime. Right. So to quell that, we will let them protest and we will say, we really appreciate you speaking truth to power. You know, but ultimately, like, we, we understand your outrage, but really the real perpetrators of violence – And Nazism are these Ukrainians who are, you know, are, are, you know, are killing Russians just trying to free them. Um, But like, hey, you keep on, you know, believing what you want to believe, you know, whatever that.
0: We respect you. We respect your your opinion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: maybe this is going back to what we said, what I think we were talking about earlier in an earlier podcast. It's like, is this the moment? Remember, I was like, People going into the streets and protesting against the Russian government is something. It's something really crazy in our times, and it looks like the like Putin's death throes. Like it really has that feeling about it. Is this the beginning of that? Right. The oh yeah, no, we're not going to jail you anymore. Like it ha- has the government. Maybe do they feel just a, just a tiny an itch of. This could be the an over, the coup over is coming. Like, I mean, is that, is this it? I don't know. I, I don't want to be too, too optimistic about this. I'm just saying it just, it It had that sort. I'm glad you said it. Cause I was like, this is exactly how I feel, but I, I hate to give my opinion. But no, this but, is
1: where I'm a cynical yeah. bastard. And I really do think I'm like, no, unfortunately, um, this is the, you know, the, the, the tempering mm-hmm. of the, of the masses yet further. Because by, you know, imprisoning this woman, that's what everyone expects to happen. And then yeah. we'll never see that one again. And then she gets released on a fine. It was just like, well, we didn't expect that. It's like the, the it, it puts more, it puts more doubt and uncertainty, <clears throat> which are chaotic by nature. And you're ultimately just creating more emotional responses from people. So maybe you can get them to believe more ridiculous yeah, nonsense.
0: Yeah. Maybe you tip, maybe you put one of your weights on the scale that says like, people are like, oh, they they didn't jail her. Oh, it's kind of. I was unexpected. Like, yeah, how many hearts and minds did you win by? Whatever. I, again, you said there might be some subterfuge here, but it's like maybe that. Maybe she's dead in a ditch somewhere and it's a body double. I have no idea, but I mean, it, it does. It, look, the guys say what you want about Vladimir Putin. He's ex KGB, and the guys he's playing the infinite game, where I, I think he is, or maybe he thinks he is. He's playing some kind of game. Um. You know, if, and if the, the the game is to stay if the if the idea of the game is to continue playing it indefinitely then I, I think he's trying to play he wants to play it for longer I don't think he wants to play it for less time for sure so yeah this yeah, this well, might this yeah
1: longer yes indefinitely no that's the that, that's where I would say that's the the goal of the diplomats because if they can get if, if time is the best resource that they can keep um, uh, that they can keep utilizing. They're like, oh, yeah. if we don't have to do anything else except run out whatever clock to allow any other external force to take care of this problem for us. Sweet. Will people die? Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, apparently 600 uh, Ukrainians have, civilians have died uh, just in the bombing alone. They, they estimate it's more, but um, I, I did see that the owner of the Chelsea Football Club, Do you, I don't know this guy's name, but he's a, Dra- he's a Russian. Abramovich. That's it. I saw him distancing himself from Putin this week. I saw he's making some moves to say like he's leaving, he's moving his assets around and he's getting get they're like he's like Putin? I do I, I don't know this guy. <laughs> he's <said> basically well, <laughs> you know, what do you make of that? What do you make of a Russian oligarch saying, I don't know this dude anymore. He's he doesn't represent
1: my Russia. So that is likely that's likely an entirely calculated play by yeah. virtue of his you know his contractual obligations to the things that he really likes and gets to pay for sanctions against his assets for this chelsea football team his yeah, jets yeah his, his, yeah, his 100, jets.
0: 100 100 meter yacht or something like that
1: but yeah again these are these are just toys like and has it actually dented his immense wealth no probably not no. The reason it's the Chelsea football team thing is so big is because there's such a huge following on the Chelsea football yeah. team. And there are people worried that th- this owner, who is a close peer of Putin, it yep. would have to um, stop earning money and that would actually close down the Chelsea football team. But no, these sanctions have actually resulted in a mass donation effort from the Chelsea football club into charities. I don't know if any of them support Ukraine, actually. I don't know that one. But here, mm-hmm. here's like the funny thing sanctions are not lawful asset forfeiture. And I don't think a lot of people get that. They're not? No. So when you sanction someone, you're, you're, you're stopping the activity or rather stopping participation in economic mechanisms and financial systems. But you're not seizing their assets necessarily. I heard Biden had he's putting this task force together
0: that they're going to seize Russian oligarch assets
1: to to file. So this is but this is how classic uh, 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 seizure works. You actually need to go to court and prove that these were assets that were earned
0: obtained by criminality, right? Obtained
1: by criminality, (coughs) ill-gotten gains, as it were. Mm -hmm. That does not necessarily mean that (laughs) these sanctions will not lead to you know these assets being. Seized, yeah, yeah, but it does not necessarily mean that that they will. They actually, they could just be, warehoused or rather stocked, stockpiled, until some time after this war is over, and then more legal proceedings will occur. But the burden of proof on on the prosecution is pretty high to say your jet, the jet you bought, the exact dollars that
0: went into that jet were you sold cocaine to get it. That's what yes. essentially that's yeah. what they would or have to You case. were
1: you 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 seize these from uh dollars that were earned uh legally off of Russians or yeah, if it was drugs, if drugs would be the easiest thing, actually, drugs yeah, totally. would be like yeah. <clears throat> if this was drugs, sure, but um, but no, this is actually saying you're political regime was a little fascist for the last little while mm-hmm. and all the ways in which you earned your money were wrong like that's i i, I the again the, the prosecution is a pretty high to clear to yeah, say that's, we're a, gonna, that's
0: a high bar yeah i didn't gonna, i can't yeah you know what i'll be honest with you i didn't really understand how a sanction worked i just assumed it was like um, all of your bank accounts are frozen that are not, that are not in Russia and all of your ability to trade like in currencies, all like Forex, all of your, your ability to invest in stock markets that are not Russian. All, that's, that's financial, a, that financial
1: anymore. mechanisms and financial systems. That's so, yeah, it is a stopping of participation. Yes, but okay. it is not necessarily a seizure.
0: A- asset forfeiture or a yeah. seizure. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Inter- yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. so here's going to be, here's actually, would you like to hear something like shitty? Of course I would. <laughs> so let's say this, you know, a coup occurs. So there's the good news. A coup occurs um, and, and Putin's overthrown. There's a new um, democratic government installed probably by the military. All of these Russian oligarchs then have to... Likely, uh, you know, file some sort of legal proceeding to release themselves with the sanctions against them and their assets, and ultimately get their assets back. And if they were accounts that were frozen and those sanctions are lifted, they're probably going to get all their money back. So, this is <coughs> like this is like in a lot of ways, it's an international tea game or pause uh-huh. for a lot of these these citizens. Um, it's, you know, crippling for a lot of the companies because they you know, they might still be paying out people or they can't actually participate in the financial mechanisms and in the financial, financial system. So, yes, it can be very crippling. Sanctions can be crippling, yes. But for a lot of these oligarchs, the, the, these particular people,
0: it's not going to make much difference.
1: It might not make that much difference. And uh, uh, Abramovich... But the goal, the, the goal <laughs> isn't, though... The, the, the
0: goal isn't to make Abramovich's life hard. It's to make Russia, the government... It, it's like... It, the, the country's... Yeah, the country has a, a difficult time funding war. I mean, that's what it's really supposed to do, right? I mean, oh, it's not I... helping us that China doesn't care and they're going to take anything Russia wants to give them, but um, we're, world's largest economy. But... I, but I mean this in reality, however many oligarchs there are, I don't know. Maybe you have a number in your mind you want to throw out. I don't know. Two hundred if max if there's okay, let's just say there's two hundred. They're not controlling the country anyway. They're just taking money from the country. So what sanctions are really designed to do in this sense is cripple Russia's economy in a way that they can't get anything they need to make bombs or 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 feed their troops or put <laughs> gas in their vehicles, which it seems very strange that they have so much fuel, but they can't get gas to their convoys. I don't know how that's working. But um, um, yeah, so maybe there's some bleed in there to the idea that gas prices are really high because uh, we're putting sanctions on Russia. Do you feel any kind of way about that?
1: Uh, any any sort of speculative mm-hmm. well, or, or any sort of speculative uh, market on the lack of available inventory of a thing that we use for pretty much everything from farming to moisturizing um, and everything. In especially,
0: between. especially moisturizing.
1: Um, I, th- I think the speculators are having a field day
0: and well, I'm I'll- hearing two, I'm hearing two things. So maybe you can, you have some thoughts on this. It's yeah. either that it's because of the war in Ukraine or that it's because Justin Trudeau takes too much money from, from gas taxes and the carbon tax is actually the reason and as an or so it's it's a combination of both or it's one of the other so i i i I don't think people understand actually how like gas pricing works but What's 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 your what are your feelings on either of those things? So either the uh, so you just you mentioned the speculation thing. I get yeah. it, but is there a real supply supply problem coming out of Russia, or is or is it speculation, or is it that Justin Trudeau
1: is greedy and wants the ta- wants the carbon taxes? Alex, if I if I told you here, go do this hundred piece puzzle for me, and in the box I only gave you six pieces of the puzzle. Can you? <laughs> Complete the hundred-piece puzzle. Well, hold on. Are the other pieces
0: blank, or are they but still have the the cuts in them, or is it just they're missing
1: totally? They are not in the box. And I said, "Here, okay. go make the puzzle, Alex. Yeah. What do you do? You're I, like, I, I, well, can't, I can't complete this puzzle. Yeah, I can't complete this puzzle. Welcome I, oh, to <laughs> international.
0: <laughs> <ethics>. <laughs> Wait, you mean I have to like get a degree in this probably to understand it, or I have to listen to an expert? Yeah. You're telling me that my friends on Facebook that sh- share conservative memes blaming Justin Trudeau for high gas prices aren't correct. So, you're, I think I think you have
1: a problem. So, and that problem I'm, is that you're you're a nihilist. You're, yeah. Well, <laughs> only only on Mondays through Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, so it needs to be said as often and as loudly as possible in a Nobel prize winning economic paper i believe in 2018 it has been peer reviewed to all hell a tax on pollution and a carbon tax is the most effective way to reduce carbon polluters from producing more pollution
0: correct yeah
1: it is the most it is the most effective a most effective economic mechanism to do it
0: I think you're talking about um, carbon taxation. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, who, there, there's a guy, is a Swedish guy or, or Swiss guy who won a Nobel prize for yes. uh, carbon pricing. Um, yeah. Yeah. an the Nobel prize in economics for creating a sustainable model for carbon pricing. So,
1: and <clears throat> And how that is experienced at the pump of the end user or end consumer is, well, most of the time, if not all the time, um, retributive like to the tune of 1.2 to 1.3 times as much money as you're putting as gas in the pump at the end of the year you yep. just need to file your taxes kind of key thing there um, yeah you
0: know I, I mentioned this to a friend it's like you know that you're getting a, a tax rebate at the end of the year if, you have a, if you're a single family right so I think if you're a single person you only get I'm not making it up I think it's 150 bucks if you're a family of four it's 600 bucks so people are like, well, that doesn't help me at the pump. It's like, well, you know, so an example would be Crystal. My wife filled up her her vehicle. It cost her $100 in premium. It's $20 or $12 more than it normally causes her, right? Woo! Well, it's her car only takes premium, stupid. Um, so it's $12 more. Okay, so she fills up. I'm going to make it up four times a week. Okay, well, that's, that's $48, bucks, almost $50 bucks a month. So sick yeah okay six hundred dollars does that get you over the whole year yeah it does but that's six hundred bucks I could use for something else it might be the argument right so but I, I, to your point about economics it's like well the, the, there's what about OPEC what about the greed uh, over uh, revenues lost through the pandemic where people weren't driving you know what about their greed in in general well, you know they, they uh, what about them seeing this as a time that they can choke everybody because they got that we're lifting mandates and we're going back to work and they can set the price as they want it. What does this have? The taxes were always there. The profit is what is the limiting factor here. So I, I just think it's really disingenuous to say that it's, you know, it's not even Russia's fault. I mean, like I'm not even blaming this on Russia. It's certainly not Justin Trudeau's fault. If it were, it's just as much, you know, premier's fault, like Jason Kenney's fault, as much as Doug Ford's fault. There's no one's at fault here in the way that, you know, who's not, you know, who's laughing. Elon Musk, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't put any gas. He's like, gas prices too high? Don't know what that's about, you know. So, I, you know, I just think this is. Uh, but, I, I thought that was kind of a bleed in there. Sorry.
1: No, no, of course, but this is the this is the problem with complex systems. There is no, <clears throat> there's no first mover. There's no single cause. Yeah. We are yeah. building complex systems, and then we're addressing them through reductivist like blame like yeah. oh well clearly it was the carbon tax we're like oh well clearly it was opec well actually well what about in the supply chain when the franchisee retailer who actually you pump your gas from doesn't actually match his prices to the actual price of gas that is set by your, your, your provincial regulator when they remove certain taxes on gas what if they didn't reflect that is it is it a tax removed gas at your pump now the, like whose fault is that one? Oh, right. So what I system. heard was that
0: I don't really understand futures, but th- I heard that uh, yesterday. Uh, I was in somebody just uh, just selling pumpkins before Halloween. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what futures are, right? It's like, OK, in a in a month, gas is going to be worth X dollars a barrel. We are we what are gas futures selling at and whatever the losses that they're going to sell in a month. They make up now. And that's essentially one of the reasons why um, we so apparently gas futures are not very good right now, which defies logic to me. But again, I don't understand economics, but so people the people selling gas now know that they have to make up the price of the barrels that they're losing the money on the barrels they bought in a month or will buy in a month their futures. They're making them up now. So this is why gas prices for like a week went way up. And now, oh, guess what? They're trickling back down because the market is, re you know, sort of, not to say re-stabilizing, but futures are becoming less expensive. So all these things tie in together in a way that, I, I mean, I don't really even understand that well, but I understand enough. To, I know enough to know that I don't know all of the details mm-hmm. and that making a snap judgment on whose fault it is for high gas prices, like it's Joe Biden's. He's the guy who sets the gas prices. I don't know if you know this. Before he falls asleep in a demented state, he just spins a bunch of dials, like on a briefcase. And it was like three dials, and he just yeah. spins them. Whatever it lands, if it comes up three eight seven, it's like that's the price of gas tomorrow. That's the way yeah. it goes. So yeah, that's actually the way gas prices are chosen. Uh, that, or it's a chicken that pecks at a series of buttons, and then in a random order numbers come up. So, something like that, I imagine.
1: Well, well um, and you have to you have to think about. it. And this is where, team, we're going to have to do a little bit of math. There is an expected maximum increase on what the price of oil could be in a month's time, given a ton of historical data. There's a maximum expected increase. And there are entire mechanisms of the economy, a world economy and society that won't work if it blows through that maximum expected cap. Like it's just like, oh, oil couldn't be a thousand dollars a bale in a month, or else the world would literally stop.
0: Yep. So like uh. the truck that carries the goods couldn't afford to put the gas would be worth more than the goods it carries. So it just wouldn't yeah. transport the goods. Yeah. That's what you're saying, essentially. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. But what we've seen actually in recent time, I think it was a year ago, year and a half ago, two years ago, actually, I think it was 2020. We now know that the gas could have an, an uncapped drop, an infinite drop actually. Gas can go negative too. So, we we know, oh, there is a maximum cap. But what we've seen is that there is no bottom out. There's no floor. So we know our ceiling, but we don't know our floor because our floor could just, it could actually go hyper negative. I don't know what the circumstances of that would be, but. Well, I think but- Alberta has had um, times where the
0: price of a barrel of oil to pull it out of the oil sands was actually, uh, it was it costed more it cost more to pull the barrel out than it was worth to sell. That that yeah. happened for a while. And it was like, if gas isn't, I'm going to make it up. It's If it's not over $60 a barrel, it's not even worth pulling oil out of the oil sands because you're just, it's all negative. So they're, they're, the oil sands in a lot of ways trades in the idea that gas is going to be more expensive later, not what the price is maybe today. Would that be fair to say? Uh,
1: for for uh, probably for Bitumen out of Alberta, yeah, because it is yeah. Yeah, a little more resource intensive. But but at, at the same time, the even the the speculative mechanisms that we employ, and that's just we're only a we're only a puzzle piece like twelve. Yeah, sure, um, sure. Of the speculative mechanisms that exist to price oil, or rather, a lot of commodities, we have expected maximum caps. We've expected ceilings, but the floors can be infinite. They can lose or it le- you hope they stop at zero. Sometimes they don't. And sometimes they go straight up negative valuation. And then not only have you lost all your money, but you know, owe a lot of people a lot more money. Yeah. Like what would that,
0: like uh, what are the circumstances under which you could, a barrel of oil would be minus $10? Like.
1: So in 2020, it happened. It Oh, what oil was negative? I'm not aware of this. Eight dollars a barrel. Yeah, eight negative dollar oil negative barrel price. Yeah, it uh, settled negative thirty-seven point six three dollars a barrel. What? Yeah. what? I don't even understand negative dollars. Like,
0: be- well, so you wouldn't continue to pull more out because. No, you, you'd yeah, have right?
1: shipping containers full of it. You're like, we need to give this to somebody. Sure. Stop sure. pulling it out of the ground. Yeah. There's yeah. Too- supposedly there's too much floating around right now. People yeah. drive. Yeah. No. These yeah, are yeah. these are the problems with speculative financial J- mechanisms. Yep. You can drive prices infinitely down. <laughs> I guess you've kind of dealt with this
0: a little bit in the like in some of the markets you've been dealing with. I remember you telling me, I don't know if this relates at all, but maybe you can lead us there or away. Um, you were like, oh, Alex, if you tried a Rattler this summer. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah I did try a Rattler actually. Rockland, and you were like, yeah. you're like, yeah, no, Rattlers are great. Yeah. I made you buy Rattlers. And I was like, what you did? And you were like, yeah, because they had a, I don't want to say a bumper crop of grapefruit and grapefruit was trading so no one could, no one wanted it. So they're like, we're just going to have to invent markets to get rid of it. Or it's going to go, it's all going to rot and we're going to have to, it's going to trade negatively. We can't have this much floating around the market. Why would we have all these grapefruits? But then they turned it into beer and it's like everyone loved it and they made lots of money off of it. So is that sort of the same thing you get so Is that... You know, was there a negative? Were there negative grapefruits at some point? Or was this?
1: (laughs) Or there, or in a flooding of the market, right? The, it's actually really the the funny thing about a lot of these commodities traders is that the goal is to never end up with the thing that you're speculating on the value of because, or else else you have to buy it and it shows up your front door. 2004, I think it happened with pork bellies (laughs) at at a London stock exchange office. They couldn't offload their pork bellies. So the pork belly distributor was just like, I'm dropping this shit off and you're giving me my money. And they dumped like a ton Wait, of pork say that, bellies.
0: Say that again for like all the slow ones in the room, me being one. Um, I don't never mind being the idiot here because you can explain stuff to me. Why wouldn't a speculator want their goods to show up at their door? Like isn't there a point at which the price
1: is so good you want them to show up? Like no, I don't understand this. No, no, no. Because you want to offload them to people who can turn pork bellies into food, into cattle into, feed, okay, into yeah. or into the, <clears throat> into the third parties that actually – Deal with turning pork belly into things. As a speculator, you don't want to touch any hard any value, product. Any, product, any asset, fair? Nothing. Fair. Okay, I get, I get it. Sorry, you don't want to touch any commodity. You only want to speculate on its value and make money on the. So day what you're saying,
0: these guys do is, let's say I'm a, I'm a I buy a lot of bananas. Okay, I love the Cavendish banana. I buy a lot of them from guys in wherever they sell. Like they they grow bananas. Costa in Rica. Costa Rica. They bought, they they have all these bananas and I go, okay, I want to buy one bunch of bananas for, for 10 cents on the dollar. And okay, I have a million bananas to sell you. Cool. I'll take them all. And then I want to sell them to someone who's who I sell them for 50 cents instead of the 10. And I make 40 cents, right? I never mm-hmm. want a million bananas showing up at my work. Mm-hmm. I want those to literally what? Go from the guy I bought them from right to the guy I sold them to? Correct. Or, how, where, okay. Yeah. Isn't there like... Uh, there's no other... How do you link these two up? How does this even right, guys, how does this Alex, really we're work?
1: talking about we're talking with supply chain brokers, uh contra- contractual managers, like these these contracts okay. have yeah. execution dates, these contracts have buy dates, they have fail-safes for the seller because I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa you bought my freaking bananas, or you like you agreed to pay for my bananas at this price, at this date. And if you do oh. not if that day happens, banana, you – the, the banana
0: grower doesn't grow the bananas. Like a, a hurricane comes through and sweeps and kills all their banana
1: trees. And it's like,
0: uh-oh. Which <laughs> you know, would, no, then, I
1: can't. They'd be in default and the prices of other bananas contracts would skyrocket up. And then they're like, oh, you want bananas? Uh, yes. Yeah, actually, they're going to cost you a- – what? And this is, again, <laughs> we're at like puzzle 14 still. Like we're – the, the amount of financial mechanisms on this planet, guys, I don't know them all. And I'm barely an yeah. expert in the few that I use daily. Yeah, C- credit, debit. oh My God, <laughs> <laughs> Look, these are there are so many financial mechanisms on the planet that for the average person to understand the game, it as how it's played in in their in their own state is is hard enough. Sure. Internationally and how then it relates to your own state. That's why there are international, you know. Lawyers, international accountants, like the people that yeah, deal yeah, yeah. in and, and people far smarter than I, you, you're 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 thinking you're just going to learn a game from a Facebook post? Not going to happen.
0: Yeah. No. Well, I think you've d- we've done a good job of teasing out. Like, why gas prices might be higher, why the price of your drills are going up, or, or, you know, why, why broccoli is so bloody expensive. Yeah. Like, this, is, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, even, even me things to think about here, but hopefully for any of our listeners, they're like, wow, gas prices are complicated,
1: you know, oh. in some way. But I think, I think, you know, if, if we can impart one lesson from all of this is that, you know, feel, feel a little bit, um, uh, smaller, but at least a little bit more powerful. Um, humans as a component of all of the systems that we participate in on a daily basis are actually the reason a lot of those systems exist. Like, right, you know, biology, chemistry, and physics aside, mm-hmm. except for the manipulation thereof, all of these systems around us are are human created um, until our computer overloads take over. But you you feel a lot smaller, like you are not as important as you think you are, but yeah. that these systems are imposed upon you or service you or work against you in any way, shape or form is, well, that's the closest thing to feeling like a God exists, Alex, is that all of these things around you were really built for you. It just wasn't by higher powers, <laughs> by people. <laughs> I love it.
0: It's funny you bring that up. I was uh, talking to my, as you do, I was talking to my physiotherapist about, um, the unmoved mover or the watchmaker we were doing running through some of these scenarios. And, um, he, he asked me like a crazy question, like, Hey, have you ever heard of, uh, uh Christopher Hitchens? I was like, have I, <laughs> so I, I was like, I'm going to send you at least three YouTube videos. You got to watch yeah. it and debate on And So anyway, he was, he's a, like he's a younger guy, you know, around your age. And he just, I think he's just getting into, um, I, I like to call it my militant atheist phase phase where I become like, I became so, intolerant of some of the ridiculous views of religion that I, I became a little bit like hyper militant uh, uh, in my atheism. And then I realized like, none of this really matters that much. Like, you know, I'd have to no, this doesn't matter to me as much as I was making like I couldn't make arguments to convince people. It was it was just not my role. And um, and anyway, he's in this phase a little bit. And I can see him going through it in some kind of way. Uh, and I'm like, oh man, I uh, I remember when I was you ten years ago. Like you know, I was just consuming everything that like Daniel Dennett, T- Hitchens was putting out, Sam Harris, um, R- Richard Dawkins. I was just eating it up. And I, and I, not that it wasn't good. It is good. It's just. Um, it it, it it almost like comes to you when you need it. You know what I mean? You know when you like hear a song and you just broke up with some girl and it's like this is the song I needed right now. It's almost like the universe is like knows, look, you're 29, you you're a Milton atheist right now. <laughs> you need these things.
1: So it's okay. a great song. Um <laughs> so easy to play. Four chords, so five chords. Yeah. Yeah. No, no uh, honestly, I can't wait until it gets to his like either it's a fork. You either go full nihilist. Um, or yeah. you know, if you're lucky, a, lo- a secular humanist, or I mean, really, the, just the religion of consumerism. I want the easiest one. It's just- no, he's he's got a, I think he's got like two degrees and a master's. I think I, I
0: think he's going to be more secular humanist. I think he's going to be the. He's like like I would probably consider myself a secular humanist, right? So he's. I think he's going to go that way. He seems to be like he's a genuine dude. So I feel like that's his path. And I I, w- I hope that uh, uh, more more people who. Uh, and this is very divergent from what we're talking about. But more people who who be, who fall from a religion take up the sort of the more of the mantle of secular humanist rather than atheist. I just think it's not it's not even a it's anything. It's just a term for, for someone who doesn't believe in a, in a deity. So I don't know, I don't really know if it's very descriptive. Anyway. I still
1: recommend you read as many holy books as possible, though. It's. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. For at least cultural reference and yeah. a laugh. Um. And that's how we we on all <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Seriously. So um, tell me, well,
0: uh, you, you were saying this Ukrainian war coverage, is um, is it taking away from, I, I did not even know about this, man. There's floods in Australia. What's happening?
1: You got to tell oh, me about this because I. There in the past two weeks, the floods in Eastern Australia, I believe in Brisbane, Brisbane, Brisbane. No, that's New Zealand. Uh, in eastern Australia, they've killed at least 21 people. Um, what? I know, I know. Tough laugh, bot, Alex. Uh, <laughs> the there's thousands of homes that are like now uninhabitable, <clears throat> like they're just wrecked, and like towns underwater. And it's one of Australia's worst natural disasters. Here, scariest quote. I've ne- I, I didn't even hear about no this place, right? at yeah. all. Like, yeah. not even
0: nothing. CBC, CNN, and CNN, and CNBC, and MSNBC are are covering only this Ukraine. I uh, again, I not yeah, even
1: an Apple News article on this. I haven't seen so. Yeah, like like, like wildly tragic um, that you know. The, these floods are going on, and they're getting very minimal press coverage. Because I guess there's there's always going to be, you know, even the Facebook scientists, military generals, constitutional analyzers will agree. Okay. There is outrage fatigue, and yeah, and there's even crisis fatigue. And unfortunately, Australia's climate crisis hit at the wrong time, and their their coverage is actually nil. Nearly, I think BBC is actually covering this, but it. Um, but oh, so like, this isn't
0: like a, a dam broke or something. This
1: is no, this is a this is a climate issue. Is related to a climate issue. Okay. So here's the scariest thing. Like it was two years ago that that like the last like a flood of not like as hot as as bad as this one happened in the same area. So a flood occurs and people are like, oh, it's a one-off event. Like we should go yep. move to that area because property prices are really low right now. We can actually afford to move this area. And it's like cheaper. We can afford to live there. And then like like one year, two years later, people are thinking like, oh, there's never going to be a flood. There won't be another flood for like 30 years. And then another flood hits. And all of these people that just moved into this area are like decimated, like net worth, asset, every, everything they own, gone. Yeah. And these are the people yeah. who moved to the area because they were like, oh, I can afford to live here now. Done. And,
0: and the yeah. 100 year flood can't happen ever
1: again, like. No. Yeah. So this is as, as much as, hey, I'm not trying to detract from any, uh, any you know, the, the, the democratic crisis, the cultural crisis, and even just the humanitarian crisis that is the, the war in Ukraine right now. But there is also an existential crisis going on right now, and Australia is living it, and it's called climate change. And they're all up in it right now.
0: So I, I have, again, I have not, I, I can, I'll put whatever book you want me to attest to here. I'll put my hand on it. It's just, I, so I don't know anything about this at all. My inclination is that it's so hot in these regions that the ground dries out, right? Because of climate change, it's so hot. And then any amount of rain that falls can't be absorbed by the ground and then creates flooding. Is that, it? was that the scenario? Um, I, I actually, I'm not,
1: sure oh. it's I mean, like, gonna, this is
0: like this is like me riffing over Bob Saget's death like I hope I was totally yeah,
1: sorry, yeah, I don't yeah. want to
0: be wrong here say they're wrong I'll, I'll pull Candace Owens and just be totally wrong on this but that's my you know whenever I hear it's well it wasn't a dam that broke well it must be an, an unprecedented amount of rainfall on a on a place that couldn't handle it right oh generally right. that's
1: how like so then yeah. it probably was it like just unprecedented amount. Of, I think I think one of the the lines was like it started it, like buckets it just started raining yeah buckets um
0: and generally if their land is like all hard and compacted with dust it doesn't actually like absorb like the amount of rain can't be absorbed so it has to
1: move across the land but also like oh a once in 30 year rain event happening annually is like oh that's like our infrastructure not only is our infrastructure not prepared for it like the environment is not prepared yeah. for that. Like, oh, now all of these trees are just waterlogged, but could rot and like can't survive anymore. You're like, okay. Yeah. And then, not not to mention all of the man made infrastructure. So, it- I mean, this climate issue is a big hot button issue
0: between obviously conservatives and liberals, and you know, I, I think I think it's hard to fall in one direction, but the, so uh, let's forget, okay, you're not a climate scientist. I'm not a climate climate scientist. We route, are not right? climates so, that we're going yeah, on record. We're
1: not climate scientists. This is a, not yeah. climate advice. <clears throat> <throat> <throat> this no. is only climate observation.
0: Uh, I saw this really interesting uh, paradigm or graph or I don't know what it was, a Venn diagram. It wasn't a Venn diagram. Um, it was a f- four quadrants, right? And it said climate change is true or climate change is false. So on one side of the graph, it has true or false. And then on the top of the graph, it had something like, um, do something about it. Don't do anything about it. So we only have like two, like X and Y access. Very simple. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what are the consequences? Okay. So if, so if climate change is real and we do something about it and nothing happens, nothing bad happens, right? We, we did, Oh, we just spent money. Okay. Money's, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, ostensibly we're still alive and that's fine. So it's just money lost and we can print more money, right? Climate change isn't true and we did nothing about it or sorry, is true. And we did nothing about it. We all die. Okay. So there's only, there's only two possibilities. We either waste money or all die. Well, which, which one do you want to do here? Because the other two options don't matter, right? Like it's climate change is real and we did something about it, good for us, or it's not real and we did nothing about it, good for us. So do you have to wipe those from the from the, the the slate? You can't really consider those two, right? Because the other two options, one of them is so bad, and one is almost in is, is as inconsequential as not caring and not doing anything about it, and then nothing happens, right? So the only thing we should be thinking about is well, if it's a potentially a potentially could end all life on Earth or make it really difficult to live, then we ought to do something about it, even if it may not be true, right? That's the only way I I view climate change from uh, the materialist, from the rational perspective. Uh, That's really all I have to say about it.
1: Alex, may I play the devil's gimps advocate? Sorry, (laughs) it's pronounced Tucker Carlson's advocate. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Okay, yes. Play the Tucker Carlson.
0: Alex, I'm just asking questions. I just, that's it. I'm just, are you asking questions? And if you are asking questions, what are we supposed to do once we find out the answers to the things that you're asking that we think we should know? It's like, it just goes on and on. It's like a circle. It's like like a circle, man. It never ends. Not like triangle. Triangle has corners. Anyway.
1: Yeah. So the, the question is, Alex. How much money, though? Like, can we really afford to do this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can we really so, afford to not all die, Alex?
0: I'm just asking know, to questions. Those, I'm just asking. To, people, I'm just asking to, those, to those people, I would say, okay. Well, what is too much money? So, if they're like, okay, well, we think, you know, because I, I like to play this game. Okay, we think ten trillion dollars is too much. Okay, we'll let's sure. spend nine then. Yeah. Okay, nine's a good number then. Oh, oh, well, we still think that's too much. Okay, how about eight? You know, it's like. How how do we know? We we don't know, man. We have to adapt. We have to be nimble. Uh, I, I just think, I just think it's such an easy problem from 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 my perspective. Also, why? What what type of person thinks that perpetual waste is a good idea? Like uh, uh, things can't indefinitely grow, right? that's a simple concept. There's a finite amount of resources. There's a finite amount of gold. There's a finite amount of gas. There's a finite amount of silver on the planet. It's finite. So uh, people who are thinking that we're going to build a giant rocket and bring it from the moon, I don't know what you're smoking, man, or we're bringing it from Mars. We're going to go get some gold from Mars and bring it back. But it's it's like those things are finite. So you live in a world where things are finite. I mean, eventually, even if you're rich, you get to a point where They ain't no more resources, yo. So what? What's your plan at that point? And you know, I hear a lot of people say, "Well, I won't be." Okay, infinite crypto is true. You you got me there. <laughs> Actually, there's not. No, that's a lie. Once the blockchain has, once the computer has been defragmented, or the internet has been defragmented, there's no more. Of Bitcoin course, yes.
1: Yeah. Did you just use a <laughs> 1992 term? To I did say defrag by accident. <laughs> Twenty a 2010 technology. <laughs> Sorry. Once
0: the internet has been mined, mined for of all course. of
1: its Bitcoin. Um, um, no, Alex. I, I have I have like I have no rebuttal, but. I am. Does that, um,
0: am I making sense though? On the look, we can do nothing. But if we're wrong, we're all in real big trouble. So, but I think we can disagree or agree all day on what to do. But I do think that we have to agree that something has to be done.
1: Right? Oh, I. I think that's an easy argument to make. I'm still at. There. We're still convincing people <laughs> that it's a thing. <laughs> And then yeah. We're, we're, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry I'm,
0: I'm like two puzzle pieces ahead here yeah it's like oh, yeah. hold on we need to get 50 percent of the u.s to believe climate change is real that's actually the I, main goal you're right
1: no right. and honestly and, and it's and it's probably because people think about climate change like they think about their cholesterol and they just want to keep eating cheeseburgers but you keep telling them your cholesterol is through the roof and you're like yes but i can't see my cholesterol and these cheeseburgers are delicious. Right? So I'm going to yeah. keep eating them until I have a heart attack. yeah. And then I, even then, might still keep eating them. And well, remember then- when, I told you, when I told you about the COVID,
0: the problem of COVID deaths, where, like, many people don't know anyone who's been sick or died of COVID. So convincing people COVID is real is difficult in some sense. And I get that. I'm actually sympathetic to that idea. Is this like that? Because, I mean, in Ontario, let's be honest – We have four seasons, you know, Uh, uh, Calgary, you have three, winter, winter, and almost warm enough not to be winter, but it's the way it is. It's called Stampede, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) It's (laughs) called Stampede weather, that's it. Uh, You have the Stampede and then winter comes and winter follows. So we have the four seasons here. And to my, to my eye in the, my nearly 40 meager years on the planet, I have seen winters get slightly, yeah, they're getting not as bad as they used to be fall is extending into December and then summer is kind of, or spring is kind of coming early. Like it's coming into like middle of March really. So like tomorrow it's going to be 16 degrees here. That's Celsius for you American uh, listeners that believe in some other crazy system of measurement. Um, Yeah. So it's, so to my eye, yeah, the the climate is changing, but it's so slow that it's imperceptible by me. So I, you know, I'm just being, I'm trying to give some, breathing room to the people who are like, I don't think climate change is really that real. It's like, I get it. You, you can't perceive that to be going on. Um, and they, they view climate disasters or, 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 or so named as like, well, that's a shitty event that just happened, right? Like it's, tornadoes. It's, it's News cycle. Yeah. yeah. It's a new cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the liberal. That's, the, oh, you're right. That's the liberal media. what, what, what are you, the mainstream MSM, the mainstream media wants you to believe. So it's like, oh. yeah. So, so it all back, back feeds into that. Right.
1: So I, that's like that's like the hope you think they're a crazy ass conspiracy theorist, but unfortunately no. Uh again, tragedy as as news cycle is just you're, you know, you're a little numb to it. Or rather a lot all of us are probably really numb to it. And a part of the, you know, the hubris of the Western perspective, especially North American perspective, is that like, yeah, so long as it's not killing me, like, I'm fine. Yeah. But, you know, tell that to, you know, kids in Bangladesh who are like Going to the, the Ganges bathroom is, on beaches and uh, like that's in yeah. India, but yeah, it's
0: like awful. What it's sorry, where's, where, ba- Bangladesh is in is just south of India. Is the Ganges doesn't run through Bangladesh? Hold on, Am does I, the
1: Ganges? Does the Ganges? I was
0: like, I was gonna say it, it's because it's the most polluted river in the entire world because something like a million people go to the bathroom and because they it lack. Does
1: it does yeah, continue okay. it does continue like, yeah <laughs> my mistake
0: they, yeah tell tell people in Bangladesh about well how do you want how do you going to get tr- clean drinking water it's like they're like well one it, it's not raining as much as it used to and two the it's so hot the freaking ganges is poison so what am i going to do i don't know so i don't know man it's uh obviously we're not solving it today but i do think there's if you think that climate change isn't real well then you should stop recycling right um you should take a, a glass that you're drinking out of and just throw it away after you're done. Take a plate you, after you're eating on it throw it away like you know sustainability doesn't matter to you um, because again, because if the money is is that is that important here, you know can't take it with you. I don't know. Can
1: I don't I, know what I'm trying to say but can I really acid rain on this parade right now? Do it. Yeah. Um, consumer recycling is a complete fabrication and a lie that does absolutely nothing to help climate change. Industrial recycling is really the big problem, but they've convinced us all that consumer recycling is the problem. Are you serious? Did you know that the term carbon footprint wasn't invented until an Exxon mobile focus group created it? No way. No joke, dude. Is it you, Exxon or was BP? You advertising oh, it BP. assholes. It was BP, it was BP actually, <laughs> yeah. They created so, a term. You want to reduce your carbon footprint as a consumer. But ultimately, this is the fault of large corporations. Anyway, they're just pushing it on the consumer to say, like, if you recycle, so you don't think single-use
0: plastics are re- reducing
1: the single-use
0: plastics by people by by the people that use them us has a
1: will have an impact on the environment. Nearly negligible effect because your producers really? of sing, your your producers of single-use plastics are still making all of the single-use plastics. They're still using all of that water to make single-use plastics, and they're still shipping them out to people. The disposal thereof happens en masse with with industrial firms, large industrial firms. As consumers, our dent in the recycling industry is like so minuscule. A, because we're so bad at it. B, because we don't understand what the recycling symbols mean on the back of uh, those on the back of our containers where one and True. two are recyclable, yep. three through nine are not recyclable, but they both have the same recycle symbol because guess what? You can buy that symbol and you can make your your recycle symbol the same as the type of plastic symbol. Complete fabrication, my friend. I, this, is, I, this is just I, good I, advertising.
0: I don't think so. I think, uh, I have you seen these massive dumps in Nigeria that are like 10,000, Hector's big, like where people eat, work in them all day. To yeah, have you seen these?
1: Uh, you don't uh, yeah. in th- Malaysia, yeah. so the in,
0: yeah. He, so you're you're saying that the, that if but by not clean, we shouldn't clean those up that they they're they're having the, a negligible impact on the. No, you're Alex. saying sea turtles with 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 you know things stuck around their bodies the the can that you, like all this stuff, man. No. This all I think this has an this uh, this absolutely has an impact. Oh the, yeah, that, the Pacific that garbage patch. Yes, you know, like Alex, no, I am not
1: yeah. saying that that does not have an impact on the climate. I am saying the solution. is not consumer recycling, it's industrial-based recycling or industrial programs to reduce their waste output. Because for every like one person and their carbon footprint, BP invented, the like industrial footprint for the same amount of like resource input is like 100, the output of waste. It's just, it's maddening because it's great advertising.
0: Okay, well, what's the solution here then?
1: The solution is an incredible amount of restrictions placed on large companies and corporations so that they can't produce mm-hmm. as much waste in third world countries as they usually do, and then import the products made from those waste to Western uh,
0: countries ever, and then ever the liberal <laughs> response, Adam. Let's tax the rich, let's put more yeah. government regulations on business. Come on. No, I I hear what you're saying, actually. Yeah. Um so I, I saw this interesting thing in Sweden. Um they have um I would say it's like a recycling vending machine instead of like putting money into it and getting a bottle of pop out. You put your empty bottle of pop into the machine
1: and for every so many you put in there, it actually gives you money. This is, this is called a, yeah, so a bottle depot, huge across European nations as well. Usually in every grocery store made hyper accessible and the, um, the proliferation of glass is actually making them very successful because glass is a hell of a lot easier to turn into more glass. Yes. So, so, okay. So
0: I'm trying to make a point about recycling here. If, if we use, I get the glass is heavier and requires more fuel to transport. You can't get as many glass bottles into something where plastic would do whatever the case is. Um, I'm making the case that recycling can work if we have the right pressures on the industry to produce, to have, to, to have materials that are easily recyclable because it's not really up to the consumer. Well, no, you know what? I, I, I take that back. Well, there is some consumer responsibility here, but like, I don't know if the styrofoam is able like that. I got my stake on. I don't know if that's able to be recycled in a lot of cases. In some it's municipalities, not. yes, it is. So here, no, it's not. I so got like I always thought it wasn't. I thought it was garbage. You know, is the plastic is a plastic bag recyclable? A lot of places say no. So I, I don't. I, you know, again, it if. It was, it was made a little bit easier to get my recyclables uh put them in the you know, just put them in and they're sorted and handled i just think that's a, that's I, that is the way forward
1: am, but but am, that's am the, I alone that here? you're i i have to disagree because again we're talking about consumer uh, effect on what recycling is for which could be climate change or product uh, product reproduction or re- reusing certain things, the consumer effect on that is like less than 1%. Really? The industrial effect on it is the majority, but to get large industries to spend more money to create, you know, let's say closed state systems that ensures all of their products can then go back into their system to be reused in some way, shape, or form or recycled. It's too complicated. It's, it's too complicated. No, yeah. it's too expensive the juice is not worth the squeeze at that point there is no there is no there is no complication that cannot be overcome by more more investment on this planet it's just that the way our investment mechanisms work they just trump or will let me ask something then
0: if when cell phone usage and texting and driving first came out do you remember they put like this stupid fine on it it was like a hundred bucks do you remember this Let me tell you something, $100 is not going to stop a lot of us from texting, but the fine for texting and driving can't be $10,000 because no one can pay it. So the fine for texting and driving has to be somewhere that's annoying enough that you could pay it, but you don't want to. So what if a bottle of, I'm going to, I don't want to pick on anything, but let's let's say Perrier comes in plastic bottles, one liter bottles. Okay. I love Perrier. What if we said, okay, look, that bottle of Perrier is three bucks. It's actually only a dollar, but the two dollars to get to that's gonna to pay to get that bottle back into the system, you have to pay it up front to make sure we get that bottle back. And we're gonna have distribution centers or whatever the case is that it's gonna be on the consumer to arrive just like the things in Europe. We're gonna to have to arrive and you're gonna get all that money back. Is that the solution? Or do you think people will say, Well, I'm just not gonna buy Perry anymore? Right? Like what what's
1: So, so again, how do you, how do you do this? How do you, how how do you do this? So you, you have, you have to say, you know, it's, it's, it's multi-pronged. A couple of them are, you now have to create or, or use containers that can be directly reused by any other purveyor of beverages that you, you're going to use. And then you have to say to all suppliers of those beverages, you have to say, Hey, guess what? you're all standardized now across these 9 to 10 or 15 formats because we can't afford to subsidize the waste that you incur because the cost the cost to societies to governments is you know Huge. thousandfold yes. yeah. it's but yeah. it's the dollar dollar amount to shareholders that really only anyone ever focuses on and then sure. you have to say and guess what um Since free market capitalism doesn't exist, we're going to go the reverse on all of our subsidies of you. We also now have a margin cap. Your margin cap on this is is now 15%. You can now no longer make more than 15% margin on this. And now you have to figure out how to innovate and reduce your cost through a recyclable mechanism or way.
0: Those retailers won't sell in Canada then. They'll say- and we, and, and we don't want I, to abide by that.
1: We don't want to abide by, it. and it, unfortunately, it would need to be a a massive effort across many industries and and across you know many consumer products because ultimately, like what you just described, after saying, "Well, if only it was a, it was way easier for me to recycle," you backpedaled immediately and you said, "Ah, oh, well, yeah. like I have no control over the bottles that the people sell to me." You're right. Consumers have no control. You have no rights. Yeah. You will buy what is available to you based on what you can afford and what you like, and unless the systems behind that change, you're going to be buying plastic bottles and trying to. Recycle yeah, you can them. tell I haven't
0: thought a lot about this, but now <laughs> yeah. that you're challenging, I'm like I'm falling apart here. Yeah, yeah
1: I just wish I wish it was
0: I wish is the way I wish it was the way I idealized it. Oh, that I thought that that oh. I put my toilet paper rolls and my all my bottle. I recycle everything I'm supposed to, and I do it in a timely fashion, and I make sure it doesn't blow over on my driveway when it's a windy day. Like I do all those things. I'm do I I, I get the sense that I'm doing the right thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sad. I, I you know maybe I'm 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 upset. I don't know more about recycling, which I I don't I know nothing about it clearly. Um, I just I really thought I was making a difference. To be honest with you, yeah, which.
1: And and again, but again, it's we have is, fine, it things are finite. It, but, we, is, things, but Alex, is it worse for you to f- take everything that you were going to recycle and throw it into the garbage? Yeah. Yes. Probably yes. Is it like, is it marginally better that you are putting into a blue bin? And it goes maybe to a different facility, and then maybe gets recycled at the at the, the plant where they differentiate all the things that they have brought in. Probably yes. Remember though you are paying for that effort all recycling programs run at a deficit they are subsidized yeah. by the government so you sure. so you're actually paying for the right to recycle remember that hmm. yeah. i know little dark a little
0: dark yeah. you know i, I don't know I, I feel like a thousand years from now a kid pulling out you know my dirty torn up pair of sacks that I threw in the garbage last week from a landfill that because it, it didn't decompose. I don't know. I think that's a little bit sadder to some extent, like this some future wasteland of garbage. Like, I don't know. I I, I obviously my brain goes to like an apocalyptic garbage scape when I think about not recycling. It's just I, I don't want to say it's like my liberal knee knee jerk reaction, but that's the yeah. way it feels a bit. Right. So
1: don't worry, you can you can rest assured you will have never created as much waste as two hours of Coca Cola operating in your entire Right, lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Think think about it that way. Sure. And you can't like you're like, wait, what if I live to like ninety five? And you're like, nope, they beat you. Two hours <laughs> of international operations <laughs> they've done. They've created more <laughs> waste than you ever could on, in a lifetime. So are these
0: people in Australia? To go right back to that, um, right back are to they? It, yeah. Are they, like, do you think the news coverage is unfair or do you think it should be covered more? Like, what are you saying about this?
1: Again, I, uh, well, if we're going to, to bring back advertising again, um, the media is beholden now in, in the, the landscape of digital media and digital news to have clickable news articles. And what is topical is clickable. And what is clickable loads ads on the page and ultimately Mm -hmm. gets the the media outlet paid. So can I, I, and I will even say this, the coverage of Ukraine has actually been like stellar. Yeah. Uh, open open intelligence agencies and closed intelligence agencies sharing all this information, you know, reporters actually reading intelligence reports and you know providing information on them to the public, digesting that information and giving it back to the public is like the best thing our news organizations to do. And then if they monetize that on their site with advertisements because they actually need to pay themselves to do that, I totally get it. So I really it's not like I'm faulting one for not favoring the other. I am actually just saying because. News is not read anymore; it is consumed, and the Australian the Australian news is just less consumable. Fair, um, yeah. I don't know anything you, about. You.
0: I couldn't couldn't name you one Australian news outlet if you if I tried.
1: Blur, I think, is one. Or you know, hey, uh, what is it? Uh, BBC Worldwide. There you go. <laughs> oh, really? Is that no? <laughs> No, it's, it's clearly uh, a British organization, but just they, they cover well, Australian
0: news. On the issue of, um, of news and reporting, I do think we should say, or I, maybe you know I'm going to say for us that, um, you know, I, d- I heard about these uh, news anchors who were killed in Ukraine. And my mind floated to a bunch of different places. Did you have any feelings about this when you heard this? I haven't heard this. Oh, okay. So two... Um, video journalists were killed in in Ukraine. They're Americans. They're from Fox News. And one yeah, I had a bunch of feelings about this. So one I think people should think about what it really means to be a journalist and to to report on news that being having that level of integrity, going to the place that's dangerous and and being in the thick of things and then losing your life in that circumstance. That's what like getting after the truth truth is really about, and I think that I, I don't I don't want any journalists to die, but I realize that there that that is sometimes the price of 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 either spreading democracy or freedom or the truth. Getting at the truth is not always easy, and I think that and I, and I you know they're from Fox News, so I kind of had this weird you know weird feeling a little bit for a second about it, but I was like you know what these are people. Um, I think it was, I I don't know exactly their names. I think one of them was like Pierre, uh, I can't say his last name, starts with Zed. And this other guy who's, they were both killed outside of Kiev, or Kiev, sorry, in a vehicle they were traveling in. Um, And it was struck by uh, people, like a bunch of Russians were shooting at it and they killed these two guys. So I thought, you know, I immediately, my brain went to somebody like, uh, do you know Louder with Crowder? Have you ever seen this guy? Steve, Steve, Steven Crowder. He's Canadian actually, which please, he's not we're not all like this. But I think of like guys like Steven Crowder and Ben Shapiro and um and people of his ilk, like that, that worked with Dinesh Ben D'Souza. Shapiro. Dinesh D'Souza, right? You could name a bunch of them, like a bunch in this um Tim Pool, a bunch of these guys filling up the airwaves with like their opinions. Uh, and 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 distilling news for their for clicks. To your point about clicks and like, you know, news is all about clicks. These guys do this to the tune, to, you know, the, the to to the tune of thousands of clicks a day, making money off this. And those Fox News reporters, and this has nothing to do with even Fox, really, but the fact that they're real journalists, people getting after the truth. They're not spin doctors. They're just reporting on what's going on. Right. That's sort of of free, freedom of the press idea. And they lose their lives. It's like these charlatans, if I, if you, if I will, if I may, they would never be caught dead in areas like that because they don't want to look. Because the truth isn't as important as money and clicks to them. And I just like that immediately was evident to me that like you are never going to see some of these conservative talk hosts. Uh, you know, even um, what's it, Tucker Carlson? You are never going to find Tucker Carlson in Ukraine during a firefight between Russians and Ukrainians. You are just like, never going to Laura Ingram. <laughs>
1: What you'll find him in Belarus.
0: Well, he, he's in Pol- he's in Poland at the Four Seasons reporting on the the war. It's like no man that, that like that's not where the truth is. But like I'm not, not. It's not to say that the truth is found where danger is. But I think that like that's the standard. That's the real. That's a high standard for jur- journalism, which I think we forget about. We forget about people getting these stories um, out of war torn countries, famine, death, disease, war. Like they're the people in, in the mix getting it for us, and um, and we've reduced the mainstream media to a, like a talking point conservatives have mostly about how it's like so untrue and BS. Yet, yet here are these people, you know, they're they're caught in a crossfire, uh, unfortunately, and they die. And it's like that's that's what real news looks like. It's not um, it, it's not Laura Ingram spouting lies or the My Pillow guy telling you how all machines are bad. You know, it's like I just—I uh, I really saw that as like a a gross moment in our society where you know we just oh they died Meh. people just kind of went on living their lives which which we we all will, but I saw I I my my brain juxtaposed it against the people who are purporting to give you independent news who are not on the ground right like AON Amer- or One American News these these hyper hyper partisan. Uh, conservative news media outlets that are just pushing the big lie. And, and none of them are there. They're not there. They're, you know, they don't see the suffering going on and they're not reporting on it. And if they are reporting on the Ukraine war, they're just talking about how Joe Biden's weak on it. They're not really they're not journalists. And I think people really need to think about what journalism means and what people are willing to give in you know when when they believe in something that's real. Do you think any do you think Tucker Carlson would give up his his bow tie and his cushy you know, chair to go over to Ukraine. There's like, there's no way that's going to happen.
1: Well, Alex, remember what I said about speculators. They never want the pork belly to show up to their front door. Mm-hmm. Like they only, mm-hmm. just, they only, they only want to speculate on the values to make money through, through again, through mechanisms, through, through instruments. So, what, a, this... what,
0: a, what, a, what a great segue from back, like to and. Fr- I love
1: that you did I'm that. Expertly. It's, 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 it's almost it's, like it's, I set that up for you. You really, that's <laughs> I saw I, you used to play t ball. Um, <laughs> No, like the instrumentization of, you know, the, this punditry So like, I am a, I'm a talking head, not a journalist. I'm, yeah. a, um, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm the a anchor. Spin doctor. I'm yeah. not, yeah, I'm the spin doctor. But ultimately spin it's doctor. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Go send, you know, go send the grunts to go report and capture footage for us so we can use it. And then we'll, you know, well then the writers will write the story actually. And then I yeah. will deliver it. Like, I will say ju- it. From a yeah. teleprompter,
0: yes, yeah yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, and ultimately, no. I felt
0: uh, anyway, I wanted to say something about uh, that on the podcast about you know, you know, these guys who you know they were killed and essentially, and they are murdered by the Russians. I um, mean, is what it looks like to my eye, but I, I might, be, might end up being wrong on that. But uh,
1: yeah, no, it's, sad, it's it's a sad story. Sad story. It's a story. Yeah. Doesn't matter how you cut it, it well, a mm-hmm. goes back. to, You abstract it back one senseless war, and you bring you abstract down. You know, one you're just like, oh, and people are dying, not only citizens but people reporting on it. Like, truly, wow, what an unnecessary loss of life is going on currently.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, what else did I want to talk to you about? Well, it leads oh. me
1: to my next. Well, we got we got two doozies, Alex. You know what?
0: I think one of them we might. I, well, I'm gonna. I'll say the one. I'll start in the one, and then we'll maybe leave the other one till later. Uh, or I don't know. Actually, uh, this. Did you, did you see this Kardashian thing um, where Kim Kardashian was online telling people to basically uh, go work hard and uh, oh Alex, build, build a little more graphic? Like, okay, I like, I just caught her with like a couple sentences, but that was as much as my, like the nausea, I could hold back the nausea and the, the throw up in my mouth a little bit from it, you know, yeah, how did how did you feel about this? Because I hate talking about things like this, but it it, it outlines the the disconnect between the ninety nine the the one percenters and the and the and and the rest of us. Because look, she like people are like, I love Kim Kardashian. Oh, she's so awesome. Da da, da. And then here we have her just saying this absolutely, like just totally thoughtless thing. So yeah, what, yeah. what were you?
1: Well, yeah, it's variety. You, you, you so, so explain what happened here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's in a variety interview i think and I, th- I don't know if it was the written quote or the spoken quote the quotation i should say um but essentially she said get your you know women you know you just got to get your fucking ass up and work and it seems that nobody wants to work these days you have to surround yourself with people that want to work no toxic <laughs> environments and show up and do the work i had to pull yes. a quote because it was like what absurdity fell from this person's face. And it was that. And uh, like you you gotta to your point, you're like, wow, what disconnects between the one percent and the 99%. I, I'm I'm hopeful here, Alex. You'll hear me out. I'm hopeful. That that is, what is your where where is where is your hope mired? Because I, mean, I don't know. my hope here is that <laughs> this is another marketing ploy from the Kardashian marketing machine Mm -hmm. and you know the 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 publicists were starting to say like you know what you haven't done in a while you haven't done any outrage like not since not since the sex tape not since the you know the marrying kanye Mm -hmm. and you know then the divorcing kanye and you're like you're kind of slightly irrelevant ukraine's really taking over the news cycle right now kimmy you you might have to you might have to say something real topical to get on people's radar
0: that's so interesting you say that because she just I think she just released a bathing suit line. Very important that everybody knows this, a new bathing suit line. So it's like they were, it's, it's how it's funny how these things are intermingled. And I don't even know if you knew that the bathing suit thing, you didn't. didn't.
1: didn't Oh, there
0: you go. It's like, you just called it though. Right. Um, yeah, I just saw this as like a, a plain example of someone who's born on, um, who's already left third base and is already rounding into home. Who's about halfway between third base and home telling people who are on first, they need to, bootstrap it. It was one of those like I don't think you know what the f you're talking about. You know, I don't think you I I think whatever you think you've suffered through in your life, you have You're you're wildly um wildly off base here. It's like um her what's her other sister's name? The one with the makeup. I'm not even Billy sure. Christopher, a, Mikey. I call her another Kardashian, whatever the she is, one. who has the makeup company who said, oh, she's the she's the world's first 1000000000 uh, self-made billionaire, woman billionaire. And it's like, yeah, okay. Okay. I, I mean, I, I wish my dad was a famous lawyer with millions and millions and millions of dollars. And then I just, from the fame of him being a lawyer, I got a TV, I was on a TV show. Like, I don't understand how this makes her self-made, but sure, I'm willing to accept that she probably worked hard for some of it and put in some hours. I'm not saying she's, she did nothing and everyone did it for her, but I just think, yeah, for these people to be telling people that they need to work hard and not go into toxic work environments. It's like, have you ever, have you ever like lived paycheck to paycheck? You ever starved? Right. Have have you ever said, you know what? I'm not going to eat breakfast because I, I I'm going to have to eat uh, dinner And I I know if I eat breakfast, I'm not going to be able to eat dinner. And it's going to be more important to eat dinner today, right? Like, I don't think the Kardashians have ever had to think
1: about that. Mm -hmm. So,
0: you know, to be fair, I haven't really had to think about that. But I can think about
1: it, though. That is, I think that's the disconnect here. It's like, oh, to to make the call, um, you know, I'm going to put my utilities on my credit card for the next little while so I can afford food. And then I'll just figure out a way to pay that off. Later, And then I don't yeah. pay it off. And then I'm in yeah. a, a 20%, if I'm lucky, a 20% interest cycle for the next like nine months. And Forever. Then, yeah. Forever. till I'm, yeah. I'm lucky. Lucky yeah. it's nine yeah. months. Yeah. Or yeah. I borrow money from somebody and then we pay it off. Like this yeah. is, we're probably, this is why, why, I, why I wished when I heard this, I'm like, I wish this was tone deaf. I, I wish this was just complete disconnected, you know, crap from a person who has no concept of reality as yeah. the the majority of humans experience it, have experienced it and will experience it. Like I really wanted it to be that. But then it just smelled. And I'm like, this smells like marketing to me. This smells like, look at you. This smells look like the your- person yeah. that says thoughts and prayers on Facebook. This smells like, don't forget about <laughs> me. Don't yes, forget about totally to like, me today. Totally like like and yeah. I was like, no,
0: I, th- uh, I think I think you hit the nail on the head here and I didn't yeah. see it and
1: I walked right into it. Like good for you. Oh man. And and that's why and I think that's why I'm even more mad because I'm like if it was tone deaf, I can at least dismiss you as a fool. And I'm like tell totally. you what, we'll sure. we'll call we will let uh, sometimes some people are idiots, okay? Everyone yeah. has that capability. We all have the capacity to be the worst version of ourselves. Totally. Something. Yeah. We all have that capacity and you know what? We're capable of doing it at any given time and I wanted it so bad to be tone deaf. And then I heard it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm furious because you know what you, you said. You had, yeah. you know, you know exactly what you're saying yeah. or, and worse, you couldn't not be on people's mind for a little bit. You couldn't yeah. stay out of the spotlight. You, you, self,
0: just, you, you selfish bitch essentially. Incredibly <laughs> yeah. selfish. I'm just like, yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Is this, and this is like what I hope, and like I I, I get really like just like that type of like seething, morbid, like, uh, you know, schadenfreude a little bit. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I hope this is what fame is for you the rest of your life, where you know right. no moments of quiet. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like that's what it has to be for you. Because like that for me, I'm just like, geez. Well, no, balcony, I, I feel it's relaxing. I hope it turns into like Britney
0: shaves her head kind of cr- madness like at some point for them like that they realize that the best way that they could have lived their lives anybody with with more money than they know what to do with right so like um we talking about we could talk about Bill Gates or we could talk about even Ryan Reynolds or any celebrity with more money than they know what to do with Boy, like, right, right. you could you could have you could have donated some of this money and you know brought education medication health wealth to other people around you but instead you you used your influence and power to uh get more tv shows and put out swimwear lines that like i don't know they're gonna end, they're they're gonna be they'll be old news next season like it's just like this is what you're gonna be remembered for this level of idiocy hey, i the don't sec- know cycle I, of I, waste I hope- continues <laughs> Right. (laughs) Yeah. So on that note, we should talk about recycling bathing suits. We really need some type of bathing suit recycling center um, that the public generally pays for, but the the bathing suits actually go nowhere. Yeah. And then, or, or, or we, we we throw them into the ocean where eventually dolphins get stuck in one of the leg holes of it and it chokes them and their babies to death. Oh, here, yeah, I thought but, you were uh, arguing yeah. for sexy dolphins, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? So that, that, maybe that's another conversation. That's uh, you know, another conversation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever yeah. touched a dolphin? Yeah.
1: Thankfully, no. I didn't love marine land, despite what the advertisements used to say. <laughs> <laughs> When we were in uh, Mexico or
0: one of the, these places where they let us swim with dolphins, uh, you know, Crystal's like, you know, we, we got to go to the dolphins. I'm like, I'm not paying this money to, to swim in water. These dolphins very obviously piss and shit in all day. And this just seems really disgusting to me. I don't know if I'm cool with it. I also heard, I don't know if this is true, that dolphins are one of the only other mammals of two that will try to rape you if they become agitated. So, you know, already my butthole being what it where it's at in my life, without uh not never being violated i'm already worried right so um yeah we, we swam with these dolphins honestly dude they're huge like you don't like uh, in in movies you're like oh dolphins are big no they're way bigger than you think they are in person yeah. and they are hella powerful like they don't, they don't joke around man and uh one of these dolphins had was like I don't know, like 600 pounds the thing at weight like it's triple my weight that i uh, you know if it wants to take me it's gonna take. It will yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, it. yeah. So that's
1: that's the dolphin's decision at that point. Where we you're just that's like, right. yeah. yeah, I hope yeah. you buy me dinner after. <laughs> like as a as a as a six foot one cis
0: white male, nobody really messes with me that much, right? I'm not saying it's because I'm just I'm just I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm just a big dude. Like people generally think, but you know, dolphins don't care about that. <laughs> <at all. laughs> and, um,
1: dolphins-, dolphins are
0: like. Who do you think you are, right? Yeah. So, dolphins yeah, are looking don't... at
1: you finally saying, like, oh, they put a, they put one big enough for me in the tank. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> finally, a challenge. Yeah. I yeah. won't be much of a challenge, yeah. but it'll still be somewhat of a challenge. Yeah, yeah. And Alex, at the end of it, you can't be too mad because that's just how the animal kingdom works. It's like kill or mm-hmm. be killed. Like, it's not, there is no right and wrong in the animal kingdom, yeah. even yeah. when those animals are in captivity. It's just animals going to animal at you. Well,
0: I was, I think this is funny. You're, you're talking about the animal kingdom where she was making this point at me the other day. It was like, why do you hunt? And this is divergent here. We're getting a little into the weeds, but it's like, let's do
1: it. Worst, worst movie ever, but yeah, it's a so, great topic. You know,
0: so for, 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 um, uh, I mean, I'll just let listeners know I, I hunt, right? It's a very Canadian thing to do. Maybe you might say, but I really enjoy hunting. Uh, I'm a very ethical hunter. I follow all the rules. Um, I only, uh, hunt things that I, I'm going to eat. I, never generally never shoot or kill things that I, I I'm not going to eat with the exception of a, like a, we had a rabid raccoon in the back in the backyard like running around he's just not he was in a bad place and uh so I, I helped him go to the farm where all the other rabid raccoons go and but, gerbils uh, and hamsters yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, <laughs> yeah. goldfish gold rabbit yeah <laughs> par- people's parrots yes everything so anyway um I forget who would Somebody at work had said, you know, like, you know, why do you hunt? It's like murder. And I'm like, what do you think that, what do you think the wild is like? Because I don't think people think about that, right? What, what is the life of a deer that it doesn't get taken by a hunter? Like, let's just like play with that idea. What do you, what do you, Adam, think that the life of a deer is like who doesn't get shot by a hunter? So let's imagine I, I just
1: no. We just abolish
0: all hunting tomorrow. What happens to that deer?
1: He's probably going to he or she. or sorry, deer. So a doe, a deer, a doe, a, female or, a
0: doe, or a buck. Yep.
1: Yeah. Ray, yeah,
0: uh, okay. a drop of
1: golden sun. Drop of no, golden yeah. sun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me,
1: a name. Uh, uh Yeah. So yeah. Uh, no, so I bet that deer's life is predominantly um, trying to ward off starvation, trying yes. to escape predators, not hunters anymore, yeah. just predators. And trying to mate as mm-hmm. often as seasonally possible. Sure. So, so like my my twenty second year of my life, yeah, basically. Right, basically. <laughs> 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 Most of my
0: early twenties. Yeah. No, um, yeah. So, so that that could be the average life of a deer, right? So, um, let's imagine though that uh, the deer is running through the forest and it breaks one of its legs this happens right animals get injured in the wild and then it is eaten alive by a pack of coyotes okay is is being eaten alive better than being shot and dying near instantly by a hunter so I see you might say you might say well okay hold on well the doe could probably just live its entire life never being shot that's true actually and most does doe's will or bucks will they will live their entire lives they'll never be shot at that's the way it goes right so that's what conservation is about we say well, we got 100,000 deer we're going to only take 10,000 this year because that is the percentage which would die probably from either starvation because really long winters i don't people don't know this but if you shoot a buck in november that buck At the start of the rut, which is their mating season, will not eat again till the end of February. I know it's a long time, right? So when you shoot a, when you shoot a buck in November and he's got a lot of fat on him, like his body's just, he's got layer upon layer. That's because he's going to rut hard for months and he's, he's just obsessed with mating. He will not eat, generally won't eat. Most bucks, big bucks who don't put enough fat on to survive till the end of February they just die of starvation. They rot themselves to death. So when people are like, oh, he shot this deer. It's so defenseless. It's like, yeah, well, okay. He was going to starve to death more than likely in or in, so, in some areas or some cases if because when I took him, he had no fat on his body. He was going to die. The really, 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 really fat ones you generally don't get. Those guys live and they're the big bucks that breed all the does and they're nocturnal. And so, you know, a lot of what I I have shot in my life are bucks that probably wouldn't have lived through the season. So what did I do? Did I, did I, did I stop other, you know, coyotes from eating? No. Coyotes got plenty to eat. There's, there's no problems with coyotes. We have a (laughs) proliferation of coyotes in Ontario. The Ontario government's asking us to kill some of them because there's so many because they're eating people's chickens and they're doing all sorts of bad things to, to, uh, to livestock and things like that. So so this, this is my sort of a hunting thing. It's like, I don't know if yeah. you really think about like how animals die in the wild. It's pretty bad, you know, starving to death or being torn to pieces alive. It's pretty bad, man. It's from Which,
1: my perspective anyway. But no, and I, I don't even like, it's, thank you for the lesson, by the way. I didn't know the mating rituals. <coughs> Sorry, about, and, and just awesome. one more thing on this. Yeah. One more thing.
0: I also have an ethical connection to the thing that I ate. So forget animals dying in the wild. How are animals treated in factory farms? That was about to ask. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's like well okay i don't know all the ways in which they're treated but the ways in which i know they're treated are pretty bad right pretty bad. chickens aren't allowed to move at all so they grow exponentially they can't even walk on their legs they're forced to lay so many eggs you know um beef cattle are, are their movements are restricted so they get fatter like all these things that we do to animals in factory farms it's like oh you eat you eat factory farm meat and you're judging me for eating wild meat that i caught killed butchered myself skin didn't waste any parts of the animal like i you know i I I feel some kind of way about those type of criticisms. That is like I feel like you're being a bit hypocritical when you judge me for hunting.
1: That's my sort of little hunting. I I think that's I think it's entirely reasonable to criticize hunters while being. While eating, although being a meat eater, a factory farm mm-hmm. meat eater, like that's yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is that's like the definition of hypocrisy. Because you're saying, like, wait, do you know how the thing arrived at your table? And if you're lucky, they say yes, and you're like, cool. Have you ever, have you ever butchered um, like something that you bought from, let's say, a butcher? Like, if you went to a butcher yeah. and you just ordered like a whole half of something, and then you cut it up yourself, and the majority of the population is going to say no to that. No. So they're gonna, you're gonna, you're ultimately getting to the point of like, oh, well, have you gone to the the farm? killed it yourself and then made sure you got it to your home it's like no i was like well you're kind of lacking your own supply chain understanding whereas i know exactly what my supply chain was and yep like i i ultimately used as much of the uh of the animal as i could if if you're not a game hunter or like a, a trophy hunter and you're like i'm just like how is i'm like how, how can you not spot the hypocrisy but this kind of this kind of isn't shining any light on what I think is the, the funniest part of all of this is um, as humans are parasites, like at, yeah. and, that, <laughs> and the, the earth is the host. And when we finally rose to the top of the animal kingdom and achieved consciousness or consciousness was burned onto us or, you know, two, you know, two monkeys or sorry, two apes, you know, got it on. And then that, you know, offspring ape was smart enough to be like, cool, I shouldn't probably do this with my sisters anymore. Things like that, you know, like however consciousness came into being. You're reminding me
0: of uh, the Mr. Smith line. Do you know what humans are, Mr. Anderson? They're a virus. (laughs) When he says it, you're like, yeah, it's the, kind of our yeah
1: yeah. It's yeah. the smell. No, it's uh <laughs> <laughs> No, um no, but like that's that's like the thing. And and we rose to the top of the animal kingdom and then, you know, we started making decisions on how to feed ourselves. Yeah. On mass and like how to feed ourselves well and how to get fat. Fatness is a modern invention. If not a ro- if not a regal invention of times before, it is now a modern kind of yeah. invention. Like you, it's like
0: if if you're super fat, you almost know that it's like you have enough to eat. Like you yeah. you you have yeah. had enough you to have, eat for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And that's something that's a lot of people didn't enjoy for their entire lives up until the 20th century, right? So people yeah. people starved and died of their bad teeth for a really long time until till now. So um I'm not saying fat's virtuous or I'm not making any I'm Yeah, no, that's not a fat argument. argument. Just that's just like yeah. we have there's yeah. food. Yeah. There's a bunch we have plenty. Yeah. Yeah, we have plenty. But, you know who's really brought this into focus, which who I think everyone should either listen to or watch at least a couple episodes, is go to um, your favorite st- streaming service. It might be start with an N, end with the flicks, and watch uh, the show Meat Eater uh, with Steve Ronella. And the reason why I think Steve... It's easy for, it's easy for me to say these things, but like Steve Rinella is more of a philosopher hunter mm-hmm. and the way that he respects animals and the way he talks about like how hunting's in his blood. And it's in, it's essentially in all of our bloods. He really outlines it in the way that's like very spiritual and it's, you know, I, that's all I can say. You have to go. Yeah. Maybe you just hate meat eating and like every vegan who might be listening. None of them are just pulling their hair out with about, about, about eating meat. Right. And they have a lot of hair because they don't eat a lot of meat. So they tend to be pretty thin and vitamin B deficient. So they tend to grow hair aberrantly all, all over the body to keep warm. <laughs> this is actually a real thing, but uh, oh um, so, it, but it, they just, you know, it's like, look, I don't think eating meat is a sustainable thing. We can't all hunt. If we all hunted, there'd be no animals. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I don't think that eating steak every day of the week is sustainable. But I certainly think that there's value in like catching, killing, and, and cooking your own meat, butchering and cooking your own meat. Like I think it's really, it's I don't know. I feel no, like it's, I- it's 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 part of our DNA to do to do these things.
1: I, we at least, we can at least uh, we can at least be sure that our ancestors did do this. Yes, um, evolutionarily to survive. Then this also this is like a great uh, Alex. Would you like to do a Western bias check? let's do a little little western bias check people um yeah so modern you know modern cultures still exist where the ritual of hunting is actually how you feed the village uh there are a lot of tribes in zimbabwe that still do this It's a cultural practice you actually bring the entire village around to go for the hunt indonesia Yeah, children go for their. They're
0: they're still hunting their food every day. Yeah,
1: yeah. And what what you have now is the exported outrage of Western culture to these cultures, saying like, "Oh, you can't do that; that's wrong." Yeah, grow soy or something, and then you're Mm. you're saying, "No, our idea is the right idea," and not to say that you know butchering animals is right or wrong, but how we got to modern understandings in, in a lot of Western society was through years of meat eating and then in the industrial food complex and then seeing like, oh, that's probably a bad idea. We shouldn't do that. Things yeah, of that yeah. nature occurred. We didn't have this random epiphany one day. We actually okay. failed real hard at doing this for a long time. Can you lend some goddamn courtesy for the cultures you might be misjudging who do still practice you know, daily hunting or even ritualistic hunting? Because yeah. maybe they are going through the same mistakes that we might view as mistakes, they're still viewing as like, "Well, oh, this is the right thing to do." You have to afford courtesy to cultures develop uh, in in a in the way that they well, do. That's a, a great point, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or and, you know what 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 makes us think that our way of life is so superior? Is so superior. Yes, they, Thank they've you. been <laughs> living. There's the, the people have been living this way forever. Why is I don't I like why is uh, you know. Uh, salmon hatcheries off the coast of Vancouver better than if we just maybe only had salmon once a week. I don't know. Like there's just like, I, I get, I get the like PETA, I get their, their, their message and I, and I understand why factory farming might be bad. And the notion that like, if we stop feeding cattle, all this bloody corn, we could probably all live off that corn. I totally get that. Uh, And I'm not, I I don't dispute those numbers and the way that they sort of play out. But I, I, I still think there's always going to be room for eating meat in our culture and um, it just maybe not as much. I, I, I certainly think yeah. that we could definitely scale it back a bit and we've become gluttonous in our Westernization and, and mm-hmm. how we treat meat. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, that's a great point about the indigenous cultures
1: who just, they they were existing without skyscrapers forever and don't really need them. And, and Alex, point. we're not even, yeah. we're not even talking indigenous culture. We're talking, you know, people that have cell phones, ride mopeds, but it's just like, how do you feed this village? Yes, oh, yeah. No. Well, there's, we still have a, a an incredibly diverse ecosystem and wildlife just out our front door. We're, we're gonna go. We're gonna go hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, How <laughs> else do seventeen people gonna, in the village?
0: Yeah. That's right. We're gonna fish or we're gonna forage. You know. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna do
1: something. Yeah, and okay. that has how, been your Western bias report, uh, right? <laughs> I don't even know how we got to the hunting thing, but yeah. Um, because um, Kim Kardashian doesn't work hard enough. That's clearly. I thought that was a direct connection. No, <laughs> oh, I, I love putting people like you know when you watch
0: Survivor and you see these like uh, people they put in in these situations where they have to adapt. And I, I'm kind of impressed that some of them do. Some are like, you know what? Yeah, this is brutal, but I'll just I'm just going to do it. And it's like good for, good for you, you know. And I think at that point, you know, I I you can see a transition in a mindset. And I had this myself. Um, I tree planted, uh, you know, this, I went up North Mm -hmm. and I tree planted in Thunder Bay. Actually, that's incorrect. Tinder B, Tinder B. B. I went went up there in a great White North there and I uh, planted some trees in the Thunder Bay. Uh, there was about two hours, two, three hours North of Thunder Bay off a logging road in the middle of nowhere. And, um, no cell phones, cell phones weren't a thing back in 2003, I guess, but there's, there's just nothing out there. You just live in a tent from May until July, end of July. You just plant trees for four days in a row, have one day off and you just do this all summer. And you know, it really it teaches you what you can live without and how certain things just don't even matter. It just turns the volume down on everything. So I, I sometimes think, I think these people that go on survivor or they go on these challenges where they're like, out, you know, alone in the North or whatever the case is, they are able to like reconnect the things that really matter. And uh, what was the point I was making about that? Like how hunting is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Where you see these people on Survivor with a like they've got a spear or something and they, they kill their first fish. They've never done this. And it's like they're they're upset by it. Have you ever seen this happen to them where they cry? No, after I they, seen they, it. Okay, so you see this all the time. Like you see visceral and actually a really visceral response. Yeah. So I've actually seen hunters do it so much, right? There's um I watched this uh video of a guy who's doing an elk hunt, I think, with Steve Renoa, and he shoots this bull elk. He he can't even be on camera. He has to walk, he's like, he's bawling because it's it's such a it, it he, he, he it's, it's weird even when i shot my first my first year i got i was emotional about it because it's like you're taking this life and you know that it's like you, you the work involved in getting it was so much and it just feels like it's it's a success but it's sort of like you failed, like because you had to take this life. It's very weird. It's a very weird series of emotions like that I can't really put words to, but I notice this happening and I see it on these people who are in these challenges, how they get upset and overwhelmed. And it's like, that's that's all the stuff, man. That's the stuff you're kind of ignoring. Like, you know, the cell phone's kind of like taking away from you, or or whatever, or TV or or Netflix is taking away from you in some to some extent. It's your society, like you gotta be reconnected with it a little bit more. And I find like hunting is the way to do that. Mm-hmm. And um I've had many Many guys come up to me, mo- mostly men actually, uh, who see that I hunt, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? I don't know why, but I feel like I need to get into hunting. <laughs> can you can you teach me, or can you help me in some way?" And I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. This is the way that this happens. Somebody shepherds you. You give them some knowledge, then they go shepherd somebody else, and like that's the way it goes, right? And that's I, there's something very pure about that, and something very exciting about." Um, helping somebody get to a point at which they they want to reconnect with anything. I think this was like guys who do yoga, who teach yoga or like yogis. Is that what they're called? I think yogis. Mm-hmm. How they like transfer this, whatever they're giving people with yoga. <laughs> Probably a lot of touching, but um, there's something spiritual there. I think that people are looking for that they're getting. And, and that's the that's the that's the rush maybe that those guys are getting from that.
1: Well, what you've just character—what you did a direct characterization of was, you know, for yogis transferring yoga knowledge as like, oh, this is what mindfulness can be. And what you're what you're saying too is like, this is what, you know, a disconnect from civilization, but a reconnection with nature can be. And yeah. this is how it materializes, yeah. and you're like, this is yes. how, and how you can act like, you know, like weirdly hunting as this, like incredibly active participation in nature at a given time. You got to think, you're like, I have never hunted. And I can only imagine that I would try to be so – I think I would try to be so aware of all of my surroundings, but I'd ultimately be so overwhelmed by nature just Mm. all around me at the same time. But then that's actually kind of the soothing effect because you're like, oh. Did I I tell you I went to Quebec
0: for a week? Did I – did you know that?
1: Yeah, you went to hunt moose? Moose,
0: yeah. We went to Quebec for – northern Quebec, 14 hours north of um, Gatineau. We drove up in the middle of nowhere and we hunted on this um, very, very well – like. We didn't see, you don't see like another, you don't see anything for probably two hours as you're driving off this main logging road. There's nothing there. Like if you get a flat, you're in trouble. There's no cell phone towers. Like somebody's walking back. Like it's, it's bad news. Anyway, I'll tell you a story about the camp guide, but anyway, I went for a week up in the middle of nowhere, black flies, you know, sweaty, heavy gear, unwashed butthole. You know, I did it for an entire week. It stunk like a bastard, but it's like got the swamp ass and I didn't even see a moose. But you know what? A bad day hunting is better than a good day working. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like I didn't care. I, you know, I wore all my cool gear. I carried around my gun for an entire week and that was it. And I, we didn't even see a moose, but it didn't matter. I saw a bunch of beavers and I saw inland lakes that have never been touched by man. Uh, got chased by a bear, um, or got got hunted by a bear, or whichever we want to say it. Uh, so, like, yeah, I was as you say, I was like super connected to the things around me. I was noticing everything because there was no sounds other than what was around me, right? So you become hypersensitive to like, there's a track, a moose track. Oh, there's a wallow. Oh, there's some scratches on a tree. So the bear scratching on a tree. You, you you start to notice a lot of things because your mind's not occupied by literally anything else because it can't be. So
1: there, yeah, there, there was some of that. I would say. Yeah. I believe the scientific term yeah. for this is a uh, spidey sense. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. you essentially yeah, it was get that tingling. Yeah. I hear. Yeah.
0: Well, so the ca- I got to tell you a story because I think it's interesting. I think a lot of people get something out of this. The camp guide, um, he's a guy from Ontario, decided hates city life buys this 30 acres of land off of the Quebec government for pennies, and he builds a house on it and then builds a bunch of cabins. And he's, he's like a, he does a bear season, a moose season, whatever the case is. Makes a lot of money money off Americans who love to come up and shoot black bears because they don't have a lot in the States, apparently. And he makes big money. It's like 800 bucks a black bear or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I said, what do you do in the winter, man? He goes, well, when it gets to 50 below, you know, it gets a bit tricky. I was like, 50 below? What do you, like... How do you leave here? You don't have a garage, I notice. He goes, No, we don't have a garage. So what do you do with your vehicle? He goes, Well, I I leave it at the 30 mile marker at the road. It's like, oh, how do you get to it? Oh, I take my snowmobile. Where do you keep a snowmobile? He goes, Oh, I keep I have the snowmobile in this like kind of hut that I keep and I keep I keep it a little bit warm in there uh, so that I can uh, get on snowmobile and I ride this snowmobile 25 or 30 miles, 30 kilometers to my truck. And every two weeks I go into town, drive, make that eight hour journey into town, get groceries. Then I I'm like, this seems like a lot of work to <laughs> live out here. He goes, Oh, it's it's not for everybody, but no one, no one knows we're here. No one can find us kind of thing unless we want them to. I said, fair enough. I said, Well, like, what happens if your snowmobile breaks down? He goes, That happened last winter. I was like, What did you do, man? He goes, Well, it broke down about at about um the halfway point to the truck. Just passed. So at that point, you're like, well, what do I do? Do I walk back to the house or back to the, to the truck? And he goes, so I, um, I decide to walk to the truck. I said, well, okay, well, that's not bad. He goes, well, it, w- walking, um, you know, 10 kilometers in minus 50 weather with a battery on my back. Cause he's got to take, I didn't realize this. You got to take the battery out of the truck when you leave, cause that battery's gonna be frozen by the time you get oh, back to the truck. No. So he's got to transport his truck battery to and from on the sled every time he goes and he's got to have a gun with him because if you don't have a gun with you can't shoot the wolves that try to eat you so he forgot his gun (laughs) so so, you know your choices are and these are like this is there's nothing else to think about right it's like well my snowmobile broke down i can either uh freeze to death on the snowmobile i can walk back to the house which at, at that point i'm abandoning the snowmobile and I'm not getting to the truck because I'm going to leave. So what do I do? Okay. I got to get to the truck to get a part for the snowmobile. Plus I got to keep the battery with me and shit. I forgot my gun. And if I don't move, I'll freeze to death. But if I, if I, and if I stay, I might get eaten by the wolves. I better start moving towards the truck. Right. It's like, yeah. that's the only decision this guy has. So he, but he talks about it. Like, yeah, I had to go to the truck. or the wolves leave me. Like, he just like, he's like, yeah, it happens. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, this is a wild existence. Yeah. But that, that's just it there there's no one i know no one i know who's had to make the decision whether to be to freeze to death or be eaten by wolves or keep moving like this that's just not a, a, a this not a decision people have to make usually so you know this should tell you how like rugged this dude is right you yeah. can like ma- he, he lights matches on his face
1: to like light his smoke like that's how hard oh my god is, but, yeah oh man just and that's anyway, like that's, yeah that's such a yeah, like his existence—such a, such a Canadian
0: Ontario or a Canadian it's a, it's, story, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: it's like hey, this is you know, in, he lives the the wealth and beauty of the of, of like northern Canada, but at the same time, like his his set of decisions on a daily basis are like mostly survival, S- super you know. super easy. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like it's super yeah, easy. He's like, oh, I'll do some prep work here, make sure I don't have to survive as difficultly. Yes, like, uh, with or with as much difficulty, you know, in a couple of days. I'll cure some meat over here. You know, I'll butcher this thing over here. Oh,
0: like the, uh, water in the camp is pumped out of the lake. That's right beside the camp. And, uh, he has like Jerry rigged freaking, you know, batteries to water heaters. And it's like at any moment, you're going to be electrocuted by the water that's coming out of the thing, but you don't care, right? When you're in the middle of the bush and you got some running hot water, you got everything. You have everything. Yeah. When the water came out hot on like one of the first nights we were there, I was like, what is happening here? I thought we were taking like lake baths. Like I thought this was a hardcore camp. Uh, and then hot water, it's like, man, th- this just became the Ritz-Carlton. Like th- that's the way you feel um, when you're in a place like that, right?
1: Alex, I've said it before, and I will say it again. Plumbing, indoor plumbing, is oh, my favorite invention. It's magic. It's so, it's it's so magic. good. Pure it's like- magic, man. yeah Yeah, think about that people think and again feel small but powerful indoor plumbing is the best thing ever because we've all been like stuck when the power was out and you couldn't flush the toilet for like you know those eight to ten hours and you're like oh man (laughs) it's filling up it's getting it's getting risky. i only got one flush tank's not gonna refill
0: (laughs) have you ever heard of a honey bucket
1: (laughs) (laughs) no what is a honey
0: bucket you can already imagine what it is right now, though. I hope, uh, guys on <laughs> construction sites. Like, you, think about this, right? You're a guy on a construction site where there is no porta potty. What do you do? Like, I, I, I don't know about the rest of you, but if I get a coffee in me in the morning, in the first <laughs> 20 minutes that I wake up, like, get get out of my way.
1: I need a coffee cup.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so ha, this 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 must be the same way for just about a, like a lot of people. So, um, that, you know, just about most of the population. So I would, th- so th- picture all these big st- people, guys, men and women working on construction sites in places where there's no running water or plumbing yet. Like wh- what do they do? They use a honey bucket. They have this bucket that <laughs> just a five gallon pail with, all, with a seed attached to it. And this is like what you do. And, and, how else would you do it though? Like, I mean, think about it. There's no. What are you gonna do? And nobody could just shit all over the job site all day. You know, it's like you know that's disgusting. So of, this is what they do, right? So I, I, this is a real thing. Ask a guy in you know,
1: construction, or like they'll they'll tell you about these. I things. have one question. I have one two. Sorry, two questions. Two questions shoot, with a shoot. with a third that's predicated on the first two. <laughs> See? Okay, one. You said there's a seat on it. Yes. So are there? Five gallon pail seats that I've just never noticed at Home Depot.
0: No, you just buy like the small toilet seats. They buy the small the small plastic ones that are round that fit perfectly right on top of a five gallon pail.
1: Okay. So what you're telling me is that there's no current five gallon pail toilet seat that's made really made to spec for five gallon pails. I'm sure Amazon has has something like this. Alex, I,
0: not that I, I don't see them, so they, might, they I don't know if they exist. But
1: you want to yeah. hear that question number three? <laughs> yes, I want to deep, now, Yeah. Deep. Do you think we have a million dollar idea on our hands right, <laughs> right here? <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to
0: all of our users or to all our listeners, patent pending, patent, patent, patent pending, patent pending, all of you. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I don't I I think that the um, five gallon pail toilet seat market is is probably wide open for us at this point oh yeah uh, or, or or we're gonna i'm gonna search it on my phone right now and i find out There's like six versions and colors that come <laughs> off from amazon and one day delivery probably it's so called it's the like, honey seed it it's actually yeah, really yeah, nice. it's, <laughs> yeah do you want to shit a five gallon pill tomorrow yes you do it's on its way yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> come on down to al's honey bucket seat emporium <laughs> I'm, I'm actually gonna do i'm gonna look it up right now just can, to be, yeah the, the people yeah, yeah, really want to know um, yeah. And on. Alex, you know, what the, I would say the worst part about you telling me about honey buckets was the ASMR of your voice so close to the microphone, because I feel like I could I could feel and taste the honey bucket as you were describing it. Oh, my God. It's dude, we're t- we're we're late on this. <laughs> we're late on there this. Is,
0: uh, well, there is a black one. You can buy a blue one. Um, hold on. Oh, my God. There's ones that are actually, uh, you know, like a folding table. Yeah, or folding chair. Yeah, instead the seat is is a toilet seat with no back. So picture that. Wow. There's there's loads of it. Like yeah, we're way late. There's there's tons of them. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, okay. There's a brown one. There's a there's a thermos seat one. Do you know what thermos seats are? What? The, the yeah. seat that warms your ass. Yeah, like just from the pressure of sitting on it, it warms. Yeah. There's a big game okay. makes one where we're
1: we have nothing. We have a zero dollar idea right now. Zero dollar idea. But okay, I, wait, I was
0: excited rest. for a second there. Yeah, but no. Okay.
1: Ten million dollar yeah. branding opportunity. You ready for it then? Bropium for the masses? Oh I, I, I said ten million, not 10 ten dollar. Ten dollar. <laughs> no, the, okay. the ten million dollar branding branding opportunity is the Hello Kitty honey bucket seat. Oh my god. Why didn't we think yeah. of this sooner? Bright pink, just I guess actually maybe we don't want pink.
0: It's kind of we could have a series of like random anime characters that people might think are cool. Like is Naruto still a thing? Or, exactly. you know what? A Pikachu one, people would Pikachu? definitely Afro you know, Samurai. That'd be cool. We'll, we'll have the the hole as his mouth as open mouth. <laughs> oh, in no. The, no. We could uh, we could. There's so many ways we could do this. Buck, yeah.
1: You make the Pokemon Muck is the one or Weezle or go. Coffin. Yeah. You know, yeah. I look,
0: the I book. don't know all the Pokemon. i just the, the 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 first one that came to my mind with an open mouth in the honey bucket is yeah. the is what is what I said. It's Eating like, hot
1: wings. How about a yeah. Charmander <laughs> hot honey bucket see? <laughs>
0: oh my god you know what there's probably a lot of applications for this because from what I hear a lot of transport truck companies they just cut holes in the floor of their oh. yeah and then because like you don't want to stop right and if there's a couple of guys driving a long haul you know just a, there's like a hole in the floor you just go and it just goes on the highway like I'm sure there's an application for this this I'm is, sure they're, they're making things like this we're just cut we're we're spinning we're, our wheels yeah. here we, yeah,
1: we actually yeah. are we we're, yeah. we're just so we're so ignorant to transportable, Defecation devices that we are <laughs> yeah. like. Well,
0: you you were. I wasn't as much, but now we're right, equally, yeah. equally as informed about honey buckets. Yeah, this has been we, the most yeah.
1: graphically educational episode of Bropiam for the yeah, masses. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's what's what do you what's a word for when you're saying I'm you're welcome, but I'm sorry. It's like
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, so sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. right. Well I feel like that's a good place to end it. That's honey a good bucket, place ladies. to end it, really. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, yeah. You know,
1: what is it? <laughs> Share like off if the we, honey bucket. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's the that is the old saying. I feel like if we ever had merch for the show, we're gonna have to have like a five gallon pail toilet, toilet seat that's toilet got like branded uh baropium. Yeah, I, I, I t shirt, the keychain, honey bucket seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like it would be one of the best sellers. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, man. Uh, okay. All right. Well, all right. On that until note, until the next episode of Burpium for the masses. Take care, everyone.